Hey, back in 2016, I went through commissioned officer training uh, to become a, an officer in the United States Air Force. And it was after week one where we had, uh, there was about 300 of us, and we had gone through an indoctrination phase where we were learning how to march, learn how to salute, learning the military language and lingo. And it was at the end of that first week of the indoctrination phase where it was late in the middle of the night. And I remember being awakened uh, in the middle of the night by loud screams from our uh, military training instructors. And they said, everybody, get up and at them. We're going on a march. We're going on a hike. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, what's this mean? So we all wake up a little disheveled and we, we, we gain our, our composure and we get in our formation. We start to march and uh, we march to the parade field. And as we got to the parade field, I, I mind you, it's pitch black dark and we don't really know what's going on. And all of a sudden we see this bright blue line and we march right up to the blue line and we stand in formation looking at this blue line and we're wondering what in the world is this? And out of nowhere, uh, our commander gets on this loudspeaker, and he says, Airman, he said, right before you is a blue line. And we're all thinking, well, yeah, uh, we see that right here. And And he said, I want you to think about something. In just a few moments, you're going to have an opportunity to step across the blue line. And when you step across that blue line, you are going to enter into the second phase of your military training. And this second phase is going to be extremely difficult. It's going to test you, test your limits. It's going to test you mentally, emotionally, physically, even spiritually. He said, and this is your decision. Should you choose to accept it? Will you cross the blue line? And when you cross the blue line, you are going to leave behind your civilian world And you're now going to enter into a new military world that you know nothing about. And when you enter into this world, it is going to be extremely challenging. You have to abide by the Air Force values, and that is integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all you do. If you cross the blue line, there will be times where your integrity will be tested. But you always must keep integrity first. If you cross the blue line, there will be times where you're going to want to put your needs above the nation's or above others. But you can't do that. You always will have to put service before yourself. You might even sacrifice your life for others. You got to be willing to do that. If you cross the blue line, then you will also have to work with excellence in all that you do. There's going to be days where you're going to want to cut corners. You're going to want to sleep in. You're going to want to give up. You can't do that. You have to give 110% in your work as a military officer. This is all if you decide to cross the blue line. If you choose not to cross the blue line, nobody will judge you. We won't give you a hard time. This is your out. In fact, you can go back to your home, to your safety net, to your life of comfort, and we'll just call tonight. No hard feelings, but you can choose to go back home. I'm going to give you one minute to think about it. For a minute, 300 plus of us were standing in silence 
processing what we just heard and wondering what we would do. A minute goes by and he says, what's your choice, airman? And together we stepped across the blue line. Well, the majority of us did. There were just a few that decided to stay back. And for those of us who crossed the blue line, it really was a time of testing. It stretched us to the limits. Extremely difficult. And there were times where we wondered, why did we cross that blue line? We're at a point now in the Sermon of the Mount where Jesus is at, or he's brought us to the blue line. He has told us what it means to be a Christian. He said, he's drawn it out, plain and simple. If you choose the way of Christ, if you choose the way of me and the way of being a Christian, there will be times of trial, of suffering, of hardship. There is a cost to being a follower of Jesus. And he's given us a lot of that cost from Matthews 5 through 7. Now, as we begin to close out the sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus then issues a challenge to us and to his audience of the day. And he said, now that you know what you're signing up for, you got to choose. Are you going to follow me? Or are you going back in your old way of living? Choose wisely. Choose wisely. And he gives us three things to think about. This week, we're going to talk about how he gives us the, the choice of between two options, of looking at two different types of gates. Next week, we're going to talk about the choice between following two types of leaders and preachers. And then the, the last week, we're going to look at uh, how we are to decide where we're going to lay our foundation on and who we're going to lay it on. So today we're looking at Matthew chapter 7, and he gives us two options to think about as we are now at the blue line. Matthew 7 verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. As I mentioned, we're now at the glowing blue line in this sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus gives us the two options. Are you going to go through a wide gate that will be an easy life? Or are you going to go through the narrow gate that will be a hard life? First, let's look at the wide gate, the easy way. Verse 13 the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. What is this wide gate that Jesus was talking about? Well, I want you to imagine a massive gate, huge. Not just massive, but beautiful. A beautiful gate. And I want you to imagine it being so big that many people can go through it at the same time. It's so big that you can take whatever you want with you. You can take all of your luggage, all of your possessions, all your valuables with you. And you can take many people with you through this wide gate because it's so immaculate, so big and massive, and you can go through it. And once you get through it, 
There are many people that will be with you on the journey as you journey on a very easy path. So what makes this path so easy? Well, there's two reasons that make this path of the Y gate easy. The first reason is on the easy path, there are no boundaries to what one thinks. There are no boundaries to what you can think. There are no boundaries to what you can believe. Every view out there is valid. It's equal. It's accepted. You can believe in whoever you want to believe in. You can believe in whatever you want to believe in. And there are no judgments to be cast. You can think whatever you want to think as long as you don't rock the boat. And on the easy path, every decision can be a yes, a no, or I don't know. You can even choose maybe as an answer. You can change your mind if you want every day. You can believe in whatever you want to believe in and come up with your own belief system and structure. Again, there are no boundaries to what one thinks on the easy path. The other thing that makes the easy path so enticing is that there are many different trail guides. And these trail guides can lead you down different paths that, that look really neat, really fun. Like one might take you to a waterfall or one might take you to, uh, to a place where you can go and live it up. It's, it's up to you. You can choose whatever trail guide or, that you can follow and they can lead you down a, a new path. That would be fun and enticing. The motto of the easy path is easy comes, easy goes. You do you. You do you. You be you. The second reason why the easy path is so easy is not just because there are no boundaries to what you can think and believe, but there's also no boundaries to what you can do. You can choose to marry whoever you want, man or woman. You can also you can also date as many people as you want and not choose to marry them, and you can move in with them before marriage. That's, that's not a problem. You can drink in excess. Hey, after all, live it up, you know? No harm, no foul. You can smoke as much marijuana as you possibly like. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Yeah, you can go, to, you can go and just live it up if you want. Have fun. Eat, drink, and be merry on the easy path. If you get pregnant, I mean, you can, you can have the baby if you want, or you can choose to abort the baby if it's inconvenient. It's easy. Anything goes on the easy path. You can make as much money as you want and spend it on yourself. You don't have to be held accountable to anyone or anything. You can choose to do what you want to do. Eat, drink, drink. And be merry because we may not have tomorrow is another motto of the easy path. Again, anything goes. Have fun. You can't be intolerant on the easy path. 
You can't be confrontational. You've got to go with the flow. And if you go with the flow, everything's good. Again, easy come, easy go. Have fun. Why not? But there's only one problem to the easy path. And that's the destination. The gate is wide. The way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. Destruction. Yeah, I, wanna, I just want to tell you what destruction is. Uh, destruction is a synonym for hell. Hell is an eternal place of punishment. A place of fire. Of darkness. There's doom and gloom. It's a place where you'll not be alone, but you'll feel alone. There's going to be a lot of people with you, and they're going to be yelling and agony and pain and anguish because there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is a place where you feel separated. It's a place that is destructive. After all, it is a place of destruction. So you could choose to go through the wide gate, and if you do, 70 to 90 years of fun. No accountability, anarchy, why not? But there is a destination of eternal life of hell to think about. That's option one. That's the first path. The second path is a little different where the first gate is wide, a wide gate where it's easy to spot. There's a narrow gate out there and the narrow gate is really hard to find. In fact, you have to go searching for it. It's so hard to find. It's so subtle. And when you do find it, it's really, really small. Just small enough for you to squeeze through it. You can't take a lot of people with you at the same time. You can only get through it yourself. And when you get through it yourself, you, you got to leave everything behind. And you got to just kind of wiggle and squeeze your way through it. And it's really hard to get through this narrow gate. And then when you get through the narrow gate, you look ahead and you see this path and it's just rocky. There's thorns and thistles everywhere. And it's bumpy. And you're wondering, what did I sign up for? Why didn't I go through the wide gate? Because this path looks horrible. What in the world is ahead of me? There are two reasons that make the hard path difficult. The first reason is there are boundaries to what one can think. There is only one way to think and one trail guide to follow. There's not many trail guides, but there's only one. And that trail guide leads you through a horrible path at times. There are some good things to the path, but there's a lot of hard things to the path. There's only one trail guide. There's only one way to think and believe. You don't have any other options of different views or people to lead and guide you. The narrow gate, the word narrow in Greek is thalipsis, which means persecution, so as you go through this narrow gate, you then come upon a rocky path and you're wondering, what is going to happen? And I hate to tell you, but 
on your journey, you're gonna face persecution in many different ways. You may have your close friends and family that think you're crazy for thinking like you do and believing in what you believe. They might even call you names and ridicule you and say you're narrow-minded or bigoted or judgmental or harsh. They might even get so angry that they disown you. There even could be people that might throw you in jail for the things that you believe, or they might even fire you at your job for what you believe. That's the kind of persecution that you'll get on the hard path. But the other reason that makes it so hard is that there, there are boundaries to what one can think, but also there are boundaries to what one can do. You can only marry someone who believes and thinks like you. You can only marry someone of the opposite sex. You, you can't live with someone and then marry them. You have to marry them and then live with them. You, you, have, you have to watch your alcohol intake. You, you have to drink in moderation if you're of age. You, you really don't need to smoke marijuana. There are a lot of rules. You need to obey your parents. You can't just make a lot of money for your own benefit. There's a lot of other people that you need to help with your money. You can't just make decisions for you. You've got to think about others that are involved. And as you live this way, you're going to experience persecution because people are going to think you're old-fashioned. They're going to think that you're out of touch with the times. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. They're going to think that you're rigid. The thing that makes the hard path so difficult is not just the boundaries that confine you, but it's also because there's going to be days where you're going to want to go back and you're going, to, you're going to want to go through the wide gate. Better yet, there, there's going to be days where you're going to veer off the path. There's even going to be days when you're going to get lost. So what do you do when you find yourself on the hard path and you get lost? What do you do? Well, fortunately... That trail guide I was talking about, he's going to go searching for you. He's going to search the valleys, go high and low, like a shepherd would search after a lost sheep. He's going to find you. The other thing, though, is not just is the trail guide going to search for you, but there is a mark that you need to look for to get back on the path. It's a blood mark. It's a red mark. And that blood red mark is going to be on trees. And if you want to get back on the path, you got to look for the red marked trees. And when you find the red marked trees, you'll know that's the direction you need to get back onto. And you'll end up finding the trail guide. He'll be there and he'll continue to guide you through the valleys and the hardship of the path.
The good news about the path is as hard as it will be, the good news is the final destination. What do we know? For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. To life. A synonym for life is heaven. Heaven is a place that is beautiful beyond your imagination. It's a place that is unbelievable. A place that I can barely even describe other than from the map, the manual that God has given us. It's a place filled with peace. It's a place filled with comfort, filled with joy, filled with hope, beautiful streams of water, beautiful trees, a beautiful city, a celestial city. This is the final destination if you choose to go through the narrow gate and journey on the hard path. 70 to 90 years of hardship to get to a celestial city or 70, 90 years of easy going to get to a place of hell. Those are your two options. Some of you here today are at the gate entrances and you're wondering, should I go through the wide gate should I go through the narrow gate? Boy, that wide gate, it looks really, really nice. There's a lot of people going through it. Maybe I should go through that gate. That narrow gate, I, I can't even barely find it. And what is this narrow gate about? Well, if you find yourself looking at the gates and you haven't really decided which way your life needs to go, I would encourage you to look for that one trail guide that I was talking about. And that trail guide is Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4 tells us, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Right here, the trail guide, Jesus Christ, is saying, I'm the only option if you want to have eternal life in heaven. I'm it. I can't promise you an easy life if you follow me. In fact, I promise you a hard, difficult life filled with challenges. But in the end, it will be worth it. If you follow me, how do you follow Jesus? You're at the narrow gate. You're looking at the gate. And what do you see? But written on the two side posts of the gate, on one side post, it says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. On the other side post of the gate says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. What does that mean? What it means is to squeeze your way through the narrow gate you have to be poor in spirit, which means you have to humble yourself. You have to acknowledge that I'm not the trail guide, but I got to follow this trail guide. You also have to mourn over your sins. Blessed are those who mourn. What that means is you have to grieve and mourn over where you have disobeyed God. 
and where you have sinned and broken the rules and lived for your own life. If you do those things, humble yourself and you confess your sins and grieve over them and you see the trail guide, you can follow him through the narrow gate. But there's also a price to be paid to get through that narrow gate. And fortunately, there is blood all over the gate. But it's not your blood. It's the blood of the trail guide. Hebrews 9. The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There has to be a payment to get to that eternal celestial city, heaven. And what is it? It's not money. It's not our hard effort and work. It's blood. It's blood. But it's not our blood. It's the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1 In Jesus, we have salvation, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. If you want to end up in heaven, you gotta go through the narrow gate. To get through the narrow gate, you have to repent of your sins, follow the trail guide, and believe that his blood was the payment to an almighty God the Father so that we could be with God the Father in heaven one day. 1 John 1. As we go through the hard path, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, the trail guide, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So if you find yourself today and you're looking at both gates, I'm telling you, look for that trail guide, that one trail guide. Squeeze through that narrow gate. You'll never, ever, ever regret it when you get to heaven. You know, as I think about the wide gate and I think about the easy path, the easy way is rarely the best way. Even though it might look enticing and it feels good, if you take the easy way out, it's normally not a good thing. And when it comes to our salvation and for the big picture of life, it's never the good thing. There has to be a cost to following Jesus. And as you pay that cost and you make that cost, it's so rewarding in the end. You know, after I crossed that glowing blue line that night, there were 300 plus of us who did it. We went through five weeks of, it was just horrible. I'll just say that. Horrible. It tested us to the max. Mentally, physically, emotionally, even spiritually. There were times where I wanted to throw in the towel. There were times where I wanted to say, what did I sign up for? Why in the world did I do this? There were times where I wanted to give up and I wanted to go home and go back to my life of comfort. Four hours of sleep a night got really old really fast. People yelling at you got really old really fast. But here's the thing. Six weeks pass, six, seven weeks pass. We, at this time, marched in formation, once again, got to that parade field, but this was different. It wasn't in the middle of the night, we weren't staring at a blue line, but instead we were looking at each other, marching in cadence as we were looking ahead in the daytime, and we see our friends and family cheering us on. And in the end, we threw up our, our hats, 
And we said, we did it. A time of rejoicing that none of us will ever, ever, ever forget. Was it hard? Absolutely. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Following Jesus Christ is hard. Let's be honest. It's hard. There are days when all of us are going to want to go on the easy path because, man, it looks fun. It looks alluring. But I'm telling you, following Jesus Christ is worth it. Some of you here today have gone through that narrow gate and you're journeying on the hard path. Some of you here have veered off course. Some of you here are even lost. And you're wondering, is the trail guide ever gonna find me? I will assure you, he will find you. He's searching for you. He loves you. He's there for you. He wants you to get back on the path. If you find yourself drifting from the path, if you've hit a rock in a hard place, look for the red blood stains. And when you find the red blood stains, know that you're loved. Know that you're forgiven. Know that he forgives you, that he loves you, that he wants to be with you. He wants to get you back on the hard path. In fact, he wants to journey on that path with you. So if you're lost, if you veered off course, make a course correction today and follow the trail guide. He will help you through your difficulty, through your stress, through your troubles and struggles. Blessed is the man who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Who's watching over you, believer in Christ today? The Lord. He's watching over your ways. He wants to keep you on track and on the path. And he's here to see you through. He's here to lead you to heaven, to that celestial city. So look to him. Let him guide you. Let him direct you today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you watch over the way of the righteous. Help us to not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but may we instead be delighted in your law. Sometimes I think we're all honest when we say that your law seems to confine us and it's hard to stay in your parameters. It's hard because we want to buck the system. We want to get, out of the, get away from the parameters and live our own life. We want to go down the easy path. But Lord, help us to know that your law is for our benefit. It's for our good. Lord, may we be in your word and view it as our map 
that will lead us through even the darkest valleys and may it ultimately lead us to that heaven that we all are longing for. Keep us focused, keep us faithful, in Jesus' name.